That's beautiful. <laughs> um, hello, everyone. We're going to start with prayer. <laughs> uh, Lord, thank you for the chance to be together and to be with you. Holy Spirit, please come. Please be with us. Please give us direction, Lord. We need you. Um, I pray that you would help us say what you want us to say, Lord, and um, pray that you give understanding to the people who are listening. We pray, Father, that this would be a blessing to people in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I'm here with Michael Amen. Basham and Cellar Door, and we are working through the foundations lessons. And I wanted to touch on something briefly um, from the Word of God uh, from the last lesson before we go to our lesson 4A, which is on prophecy. And the one thing I wanted to talk about is that in the, in the end of the third lesson, the last lesson we were talking about, it said that sometimes God answers prayers yes, sometimes God answers prayers no, and sometimes God answers prayers wait. So I just want to point out that this is not scriptural. And I have encountered very many people who talk like that. And this is not what the Bible says. So I'm going to give one particular reference that I like. And um, I want to share. Oh, excuse me, please. I'm trying to get you guys the reference. I apologize for the lacking keys. Um, it says that all the promises of God in Christ are yes, and we speak the amen to the glory of God. So it's from 1 Corinthians, excuse me, glad I checked, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 20. So I'm going to read this in a few translations. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And keep in mind with that, that in the word of God, when it's talking about Abraham, not staggering at the promise of God, not becoming weak in faith, not considering his own body, but growing strong in faith and giving glory to God and becoming fully persuaded that what God has promised, he's able also to perform. That ties in right here. Here's another translation of the same verse. It says, for all the promises of God are yes in Christ. And so through him, our amen is spoken to the glory of God. Uh, let me scroll down on my screen here a bit, please. Um, for, is, for every one of God's promises is yes in him, therefore, through him, meaning Jesus, we also say amen to the glory of God. Now, this is maybe not as easy to understand. It's kind of an older style language. It says, for how many soever be the promises of God in him, Christ, is the yea, wherefore also through him is the amen unto the glory of God through us. And, um... I think I'll also mention this one scripture that talks about how we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore also we speak. So that's from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. And so um, 
let's see. So now I, I would like to, well, actually, does anybody else have any comments before I go on with what I have to say? Okay. Um, I can say one quick thing. I just noticed yeah. uh, even in like some of the Art of War series that I've been going through. Okay. Connects to a lot of the older kind of preaching style. Sometimes okay. they'll have links to like this or that quote and you'll think, oh, that's that sounds good. Let me listen to that. It wasn't on the thing I shared yesterday, but it was like one of those speeches by someone who is just saying, well, Christ has done so much for us. So how can we not do something for him as if it was like a trade-off? And that's ah. also bad. It's kind of like, a, it's not an insincere, it's not done on purpose, I think, but it's something that we can clear up and be like, no, we're not serving God because God did so much for us. So now we owe him something. He's, he's working through us. So there are little things like that. I'm glad that you caught them because that's like, that's sort of like fine tuning the, the doctrine and making sure we don't get into works trip faith, which is really a pitfall. But yeah, Keith, yeah. that was really good what you shared. I'm, I'm glad that you shared that. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you're talking about um, works with faith. There's, um, there's a scripture that talks about, um, so, so, okay, so getting back to, um, like Michael was sharing about the fine-tuning fine things and getting back to what the word actually says, sometimes people will say things like that God sometimes answers no to prayers despite that verse. So let's talk about that a little bit, please. So what's going on is in the Bible, when it talks about praying for things that we want, I'll give a couple of examples. There's a scripture that talks about how, um, and let me get you guys the reference to, um, um, it's from the gospels, Jesus is talking, it's um, John chapter 15, verse number seven. And it says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Um, another translation says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask whatever you wish and it will come to pass. Um, I'm going to go down a bit, if you'll give me another moment or two. Um, let's see, here's a nice translation. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Another translation, stay joined to me and let my teachings become part of you then you can pray for whatever you want and your prayer will be answered. So I would like to talk about that verse specifically. So sometimes when people are wanting to ask for what they wish <laughs> and have it done, they don't spend so much time on having the word of abiding in the word of God, abiding in Christ and having the word of God abide in them. So I'll give an example. In Joshua chapter one, it indicates, it states that the standard of the word for meditating in the word of God is to meditate day and night. Okay, 
So if I'm not meditating in the word of God day and night, and I just make up my own definition of what it means to have the word of God abide in me, I shouldn't be surprised if I don't have the results that the scripture says it can have. And again, like Michael said, not trying to turn this into a religious thing, not trying to do this as a workspace thing, but you're going to have faith and express your faith with your work to sort of check out of scriptural definitions and just make up stuff like, well, this, I think this is, this is going to do it. I mean, I have done this before. I have prayed and asked for things and not bothered to get in faith. Jesus said, all things I ask in prayer, believing I shall receive. The Bible says that, um, excuse me a moment, in James chapter one, that um, I should ask in faith, nothing wavering. It says that um, the one who wavers is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that person, let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Well, if I, which I ha have not always, prioritize getting myself to a place where I believe and don't doubt in my heart, the Bible already told me not to expect to receive. <laughs> like, this is so important. When people are talking about things like, Oh, sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says wait. And they're they're leaving, they're making up their own doctrine to explain away things that they didn't want to do their studying. In fact, there's literally a scripture that says, not to be sluggish or slothful or lazy, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God have inherited the promises of God, excuse me. And so, and Jesus also, the word of God also says that um, we would labor to enter into the rest of things. So when the Bible is saying these things, you know, we need to take it seriously. So I just wanted to talk about that because I feel like I've encountered quite a number of people over time who throw that kind of thing out there. Sometimes God says yes, sometimes God says no, sometimes God says wait. It's like, Put the brakes on, ladies and gentlemen. If a particular believer doesn't want to get into all that it means to get in faith and ask for things that they wish and have those things come to pass, that's their choice. But there are some hungry people who are interested in learning what the word of God actually has to say, who would like to learn about it and it's important for us to stick to what the Bible says so that if people are interested in the miraculous, they can know it's possible and the Bible has answers about how to walk that out. Do, do either of you guys have anything you want to share about that? <laughs> okay, I guess not. <laughs> Just a second here. I, um... I have to reach in my pocket and I have to oh, unmute okay. myself okay. on the farm here with the child and the chickens and the, and the rains. Um, I just think it was a positive viewpoint to look at God's constant positive yes, 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 like to what yeah. we want. Just like you said, like if, if we ask amiss according to our lusts. Yeah, we should go over that scripture world, too. 
if you really read the Bible, you stop living for this world. End of story. I mean, we can get into it, but you stop living for this world. So you're going to start asking for things according to thy kingdom come. So if I'm asking for a new car, but I just want a cool car because I want to show off to people. Yeah. Or I want a boat because I want to just be lazy and hang out on a boat and get drunk all day or something that's asking a miss but if i have in my heart to want to serve the kingdom and i ask for a car and it's literally for something of his purpose according to his desire and sometimes it'll just be something just because he loves you he'll just give you yeah yes. something that is just like wow you actually because here's a good quote i always do what god wants so god lets me do what i want and if you're if you i know that sounds pretty bad but if you're constantly in the will of God, he gives you bonuses. You're not a robot. He sees like your heart's desire and he gives you that. If you're like, like you said, constantly meditating the word, constantly coming back to him, you can expect a lot of cool extra uh, goodies. And I don't want to get to all those right now because there's too many. Yeah, I'm so glad you shared that. I think it's awesome. I want to give people a reference on that verse. Um, uh, so the scripture that, uh, Michael was mentioning is James chapter four, verse number three. Um, one translation, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Um, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Um, let's see, uh, Hold on a moment here. I see another translation. You ask God for something and do not receive it because you ask with wrong motives out of selfishness or an unrighteous agenda. So when you get what you want, you may spend it on your hedonistic desires. Um, so I would actually like to talk about that for just a moment. I would like to bring out how sometimes when people are like wanting something materialistic, it's not necessarily about that thing. It's about attaining to a higher level in the social hierarchy based on possessions, based on trappings of wealth and how it makes a person appear to others whom they know and want to make an impression on who are also plugged in to the system of this world in that way. So that is all mammon system crap. The Bible says you cannot serve God and mammon. You, it will be one or the other. And that mammon system has a number of attributes. And I don't, it'd be fun to talk with Michael and Cellador at a later time about that. I want to get, get to the lesson, but I want to talk about that and just going along with exactly what Michael was sharing. The scripture where Jesus, um, in Matthew chapter six and actually Matthew chapters five through seven are so awesome. And Matthew chapter six talks about um, some things regarding the kingdom of God, um, kingdom of God's way of um, money, provision, uh, finances, etc. And um, in Matthew chapter six, verse number 33, it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And one of the things I've noticed 
when just like Michael was sharing about the Lord blessing us with different things to enjoy. Um, in fact, there's, okay, I won't get, get into all that. There's a scripture that talks about it. I'm going to keep focused though, so we can get to the last one for a, um, when the Lord blesses us with those types of things, one of the things I've observed is that when it happens within the, uh, parameters within the operation of the kingdom of God, the person actually gets enjoyment out of the thing whether it's a boat or whether it's a new car it's not about impressing people it's not about getting it's not about that mammon system they actually maybe they just really like cars some some people really like cars some people really like boats um other people they have other things that they like whether maybe it would be art supplies or maybe it would be stuff to do music with it's a worldly earthly possession but it's something for them to enjoy so um does anybody else have any comments before we switch to the current lesson well one thing i um when when we're when you were talking about the um god not answering prayers that kind of thing um i found in different, uh, I guess like, um, just call it like, like rehab centers or AA or NA or any of those 12 yeah. step yeah. type program things. Yeah. You'll find a lot of people that um, will, uh, the, the only time that, the only experience or the only time that they have with prayer or, yeah. Um, knowing about it or trying it is yeah. when you're in a horrible situation um, yeah. or uh, it's it's basically uh, a bargain it's oh mm. lord if you if you just get me out of this situation oh god if it, I mean even like oh god if my dealer please help them to hurry up because <laughs> I need yeah. this like those kinds of prayers or Okay. Get, just get me out of the situation, basically, or I'm asking for something that I shouldn't have, type thing. Yeah. And even after the person is sober, the experience, that experience, if it if if it didn't happen, if it didn't show up, if God didn't, if God didn't quote unquote answer the prayer, then to them that would be proof that there is no God that he doesn't listen yeah um, i hear you my dealer kind of didn't hurry and i got busted yeah. therefore god's not real i hear you or any yeah anything like that i mean that was just kind of a humorous part of it not like there can be you know situations where it's like life and death like if you just let mm -hmm. me get out of this you know uh, i, I promise that i will whatever yeah and i hear you because it doesn't happen they don't believe and it sticks around and then when you I get you. Um, people that pe so a lot of times in the when even after they get sober they're not taught biblical things and they're not yeah. taught how to pray or whatever i mean i i, I don't want to get too far into that because that could be a whole series on its on itself but um 
yeah, I, I think I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah. And always, for some reason, there's always a song that comes to my mind whenever people, do, do you remember that country song back in the day that was like, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers or something like that? Do you remember yeah. That? No, <laughs> but I believe you. Um, so the thing to do is to go back to what the Bible says which is so I'm not... laughing here on mute, but I'm laughing a lot. <laughs> 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 Michael probably remembers ten, it. You remember it, Michael? And goosebomb. Ah, uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, so the thing to do is to go back to what the Bible says, which is that it's not about whether or not God does this, it, about whether or not the person receives it. Because keep in mind that um, a, n- a number of those verses, what it's talking about is that person doesn't receive. So it's not about whether or not God does it. It's about whether or not the person receives it. And I, I am assuming from my understanding of the word so far that it has to do with, um, hmm, I'll give you guys an example. It's like, it's maybe in my head, in my head, it could be compared to a, a gym with a bunch of guys playing basketball in it um so there's there's a bunch of guys in there they're dribbling basketballs and there's a coach and he's got the cart with the basketballs on it and he keeps yelling out to stand on the free throw line if you want a ball if you want a ball go to the free throw line and there's people standing around on the outside of the court and there's people even standing around on the inside of the court and there's people playing basketball, like running, dribbling and shooting hoops. And there's people who are wandering into the gym who are interested in playing. And as they pass the people standing on the sidelines, they hear different types of comments about how um, the coach only lets certain people play. It's not true that if you stand on the free throw line, he'll, he'll send you a ball. That's not true. I saw people stand on the free throw line and they didn't get a ball. I'm not going in there because it's, it's not real. He's, he's a bad coach. He won't give me the ball. I know he won't, blah, blah, blah. And they're all like bunched up in, a, in little groups with other people who agree with them. And then the person maybe wanders actually onto the court and the people who are playing are busy playing. They're busy using the ball they have in their hands. But the people who are standing around with no ball make sure to have their opportunity to tell the person, I tried that. The coach didn't pass me a ball. It does you no good to stand on that free throw line. You just better hang around with us because We'll, we'll make sure you know what's really right and what's really true. And we'll, we'll make sure you know how things actually are. Just stick with us because, you know, those people with those basketballs, they're, you know, they're his favorite. They did something wrong to get that blah, blah, blah. Well, if the person ever breaks away from that little bunch of people and ever actually goes and actually stands on the free throw line, obviously, sure enough, the coach is yelling that out because he wants <laughs> to send a ball to as many potential players as possible. He wants people to get involved and 
He wants to be watching them and helping them play basketball. He wants to be forming his team, all these things. There's a much bigger picture. And uh, eventually, obviously, the people who are just spectators and, and sounding their mouth off, eventually they'll obviously get kicked out of the gym and, and the people actually interested in playing will be left and they'll be able to focus and stuff. But like in my head, when people talk about stuff like that, like it's not real and it has to do with God not just doing it and there's nothing on me. It's that's how that's what I compare it to in my head. Very cool. Cool. Okay, I guess. Uh, okay, so let's uh, see here. Um, Amen. Okay, Amen. cool. Okay, cool. Uh, so going to lesson 4A, there's so many great scriptures in this. Oh, it's so good. Um, so it talks about what is prophecy and um, it gives some scriptures from um, 1 Samuel and from Psalm. Um, uh, sh should I just be reading maybe and then and then you guys can comment or whatever is your I think interested. that would be great. And just a reminder okay. to people, these are the 12 foundation stones. They're huge, massive, massive foundational studies. Yeah. I would say about 99%, I agree with these. You yeah. can't really go wrong with just pure straight up Bible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And just, you know, these are, are, are a good reminder to me personally. And yes, anyone I think listening, that's a Christian, but keep in mind, if you know anyone who is new in the Bible, these are really good studies and we're not yes. really going through every single little paragraph, but we do try to read it at least a few sections. Yeah. And, um, and just to, as a reminder, again, these are out there for anyone who wants to strengthen their foundations and their faith. So um, eventually I'll get around to uh, putting a dedicated website to these and on the Fringe Radio Network and elsewhere. But for now, you can find the, the ones we've already done on Anna Prayer's uh, website yeah. or YouTube channel. I, yeah. I noticed you put them all there. So really good. Mm -hmm. And we have fun and we joke around a little bit too. And it's just <laughs> it's a good time. You know, I always feel better and I always feel like I was strengthened. And a part of my soul is rejoicing that there is something there to feed the newborn sheep and the yeah. hungry sheep. And, uh, and cellar door 33 is kind of like our guinea pig. That, uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah. I'm new and I totally, I mean, this is a godsend for sure. I'm, I, I'm new and I'm getting this and I've never been a part of a Bible study. So this is just amazing for me. Basically, if I can, if I'm understanding this stuff and anybody, any newbie, and then like what Michael was saying, if you already have done all this kind of stuff, I think what you're saying, Michael, is it's, it's still edifying for you too. It's like a, yeah, me too. Like a, like a I don't know what to call it. <laughs> it just reminds you of home. Like we've blasted off in a space, yeah. but like where we started from and. And uh, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Like I could be talking Amen. about extension, dream, vision, prophecy, news, the key to the destruction of the Illuminati or whatever. And it's yeah, not going to amount to much if we're not preaching the gospel. 
Yeah. I hear a little amen. I agree. I agree too. All right, cool. So I'll go into some of the scripture from this lesson. Um, Numbers chapter nine, verse eight. And Moses said to them, stand still that I may hear what the Lord will command concerning you. And I love that because when he says, when he talks about stand still, to me, it speaks about like, you guys, quit, quit your drama, quit distracting me, settle down and just, just stop it for a minute so I can hear. And uh, anyway, um, that's kind of what I get out of that verse. I'll um, go, go do a couple more quotes and then I'll open it up for Cellar Door Michael. Um, Psalm 4.4, part of the verse is meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. And another one is, wow, Salvador, you probably have so much to offer on that. Another one is Psalm 46.10, part of the verse says, be still and know that I am God. So do either of you have anything you'd like to talk about in regard to that kind of thing? Um, yeah, I the yeah, I have found the most um, the most help for me when I really couldn't do anything that I I haven't picked a church, I don't go to church, and I was ever since March of what, two thousand not not two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty, I was um, you know, just stuck in my bed. So basically, it, most of the time, it was me talking with God and spending that time hours and hours and hours. And it, I, I mean, it made all the difference because I know how easily it is to get sucked into all kinds of just, there's just all kinds of areas of things that you can get sucked into you can get like what's going on with politics what's happening in the world uh, all the all the pandemic stuff that's going on. I mean there's a trillion things that we can get ourselves sucked into and that was always grounding and also I can't stay in a state of anger or it's or um there's just you can't stay at least I can't stay mad even if I'm livid when I start to talk to God about something and I'm just fuming that he, he just it's that calming presence that just comes over you and you, know, you start to see okay why am I really mad what happened yeah. what is this about and there's no there's no other, there's nothing else that you could go to. There's no, if I called up somebody, if I, if I called up Anna, I called up Michael, I called up any number of my friends and said, oh, I'm so angry and this happened and that happened, blah, blah, blah. It would still be there. I mean, even if, you know, they tried to help me and say, oh, yes, this, I, I hear what you're saying whatever, whatever they might say, yeah, it's nice, and it's great to vent like that, but I found it is most important to go 
to the Holy Spirit with everything first, everything, regardless of even if you're in a state or if you're just, you know, you just woke up. Just, Good morning, you know, what's going on today? What would you like me to do today? That kind of thing. Because when you surround yourself with people, even if they're people that are good people, they it's just not the same. I, I, I don't want to discount you guys because you guys know I love you. And I have other friends that I totally love and I would come to with anything. But the calming, the calming presence of the Lord and just the insights that you get yeah. from doing that. Um, it's just unbeatable. You start to understand things. You can't stay mad. You really can't stay mad at God. It's really hard to be speaking to God and saying, oh, this, this, and that happened to me. And then you think, oh, <laughs> who am I talking to? <laughs> yeah, amen. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good, Celador. Thank you. I um, want to say, too, like, just if you can stay awake, you can get somewhere, like, really comfortable and just, just in meditation. That's where I've had the Lord will give me, like, extremely elated just giddiness. I can understand people that giggle. I'm not really a giggler, but it's something very deep within where you just feel comfort. And uh, that verse that Anna shared is, is really key. And yeah. healing from all the, like Seller was saying, like just all the, the stress every day and all the, all the battles to just be like, wow, God loves me. Wow. Wow. But just let him yeah. basically dower you with love and you're going to be, yeah. you're going to be in much better shape. I need yeah. to do that more too. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. that's really good. Okay. Uh, so another scripture in the lesson is Joel 2, 28 through 39. Okay, hold on. Excuse me. I correct myself. Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, which is quoting from Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 39. This is what it says. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Oh, that's so good. And um, it talks in the lesson. Uh, okay. When we ask the Lord to fill us with his Holy Spirit, we can then receive what the Bible calls the gifts of the Spirit. These are special spiritual gifts from our Heavenly Father to strengthen and assist us in many different ways. The gift of prophecy is included among the nine basic gifts. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 10 and 11. Oh. Hold on, it doesn't actually give the, um, <laughs> it does one of those things. Sometimes when you look at a lesson, it'll do, um, uh, it'll do parent or uh, dot, dot, dot. 
And so I don't actually, let me get the actual, um, uh, actual entire verse. Um, hold on a moment, please. Okay. This is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, the Holy Spirit. Then going down to verse, um, let me find the one that talks about prophecy, please. Um, there it is. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10. And to another, the working of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, the distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So going on in the lesson, it says, these are gifts from a loving heavenly father to his children to help communicate understanding of himself and his will. And um, yeah, do either of you guys have anything that you want to share on, on that part? This is great. No, I'm okay. breaking this in. Okay, cool. Um, First Corinthians chapter 14 talks about uh, prophecy as well. So I'll read a scripture from the lesson. First uh, Corinthians 14 uh, verse 1 says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. And then First Corinthians 14 5 says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless he unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Okay, let me okay, let me do the last verse and then I'll talk about that verse five a second. Um, first Corinthians 14 39. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Okay, so in verse five, where it talks about he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets. So that tongues is the gift of tongues that goes with interpretation for the edification of the body. That's not talking about the private prayer language that we have stewardship of when we get filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, so, so where it talks about he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues unless indeed he interprets it's the clue is in the final phrase here that the church may receive edification so jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive and that through love we serve one another and so in the body of christ it's important that we are edifying and exhorting and encouraging others that we're helping each other and um, yeah, I, the, the, the word of God has a lot to say about the local church and participating there. And one of the things that happens is it's conducive to helping other believers. And, um, but it doesn't, that's not the only way to help other believers, but it's important to help other believers. And um, in fact, the Bible talks about doing good to all men, but especially those 
who are of the household of faith. It's so important that word of God says that we prefer one another in honor. It's so important to be available to help other people. And that's what this is talking about. First Corinthians 14, five. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he prophesies is greater than he speaks with tongues, unless he indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So it's about what the person is doing to help the body. So um, that's all I have to say on that. Do either of you have anything to share in that uh, subject? Okay. Um, well, I um, yeah, please. Hmm. I hmm. maybe I should think on it because I I don't I don't I'm a little confused, but that's going with the territory for me today. So maybe okay. I should maybe I should stop. <laughs> okay. Well, well, I think just to add to it, just like practically, you've got a church full of people that are speaking in tongues. And that's great. You're like speaking in code language, like mm -hmm. it's edifying to yourself. But yes. unless there's somebody there that can interpret it and be like, thus saith the Lord, yes. I will lead thee and guide thee and fear not for this yes. new decision you are making, you know, some kind of like a prophetic interpretation, then the person speaking in tongues is only edifying himself, which is good. But in a church setting, yep. it's just saying, like, if you have a meeting full of people, you should be focusing on getting prophecy. Yeah. And so putting prophecy above some of the other gifts is saying, like, this is really important that you're able to prophesy so you can edify the whole church is yeah. basically yeah. what he's saying. Because, yeah, back then people were really, like, learning about tongues and we should still be using them. I honestly, yeah. like, I just... It's one of those things. It's like, oh my gosh, I forgot. I have a Ferrari. Cool. I should drive it. And yeah. I've had it for many years. So I just don't think about it all the time. But whenever I do, it's like, yes. <laughs> I agree. Uh, you feel silly at first, but you know, after a while, you'll realize like, wow, this is, I'm connecting with God. Yeah. The flesh doesn't like to be subdued and praying in tongues puts the flesh under. It's a good thing. Jesus told us to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. It's a good thing. The Bible says that the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These two are in opposition to one another so that you would not do the things that you please. It's so important and powerful to put our flesh under. And um, yeah, I love that. I agree completely. Okay, let me get back to the lesson. Um, so it says many people think of prophecy as predicting the future, but this is not always the case. The word prophecy is taken from the Greek word prophetia, which means the speaking forth of the mind and counsel of God. Prophets do a lot of foretelling under the inspiration of God's spirit, but a further meaning of prophecy is to speak under divine inspiration, to tell forth the words of God. To simply give God's word, whatever it may be, at any time, at any place, to any people, whenever it is God's will. And um, I know that the word of God talks about how the word is the more sure word of prophecy. 
and that's important. And I'm, I, I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. Well, you know what? Let me just, why just talk about it? Let me just go there right now. Um, there's a, oops, excuse me. And I apologize everyone for the clacking keys. I just didn't have my scriptures ready. Scripture, um, more sure where to prophecy. Yeah, okay. It is 2 Peter 1.19. Let me read that in a few translations. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star, that's Jesus, arise in your hearts. Let me find an easier to read translation a moment here. We also, excuse me, and we have the more firm prophetical word whereunto you do well to attend as to a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Um, let me see here. Uh, okay, here's another one. Because of that, oops, <laughs> my mouse, oh boy. Hold on, I'll get it. Okay, there we go. Uh, so we have the prophetic word made more certain you do well to pay close attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and light breaks through the gloom and the morning star arises in your hearts and um let's see if there's i'm just gonna scroll through if i can uh yeah it's moving all over the place um and in the written word of prophecy we have something more permanent to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dimly lighted place until day dawn and the morning star rises in your hearts. Mm, I like that one too. Okay, so um, that's the word of God is what we measure all those prophecies against. We, it's, it's the plumb line. It's the measuring rod that's spoken of in the word that's the word is the standard and so um and and two um there are some times when a person is still growing i'm still growing and learning when to share something that the holy spirit shows them so it could actually be completely true but it might not be time to share it it might be something to pray over and if it's shared, the person might not be ready to hear it. Um, I can remember one example. Um, I was praying with some young ladies at my former church. And, well, young, they were in their 30s. And a number of them were pretty excited about the idea of getting married. And one of them, completely unbeknownst to me at that time, um, had a pretty worldly view of herself, her life, and or uh, ideas of marriage. Um, I'll give you an example. I found out later she was flying to another state to meet with a man who had just had a baby with another woman he wasn't married to. And she was apparently trying to see what his interest level in her would be, that kind of thing. When I say worldly, that's, that's what I mean. 
So we were in a prayer meeting together. I did not know any of this. And one of the other intercessors had a word for her about her future husband. And it had to do with um, really prioritizing the kingdom of God and a man of wisdom and someone who was who had the Lord as his priority and was living in a godly way. And um, this first woman was uh, quite taken aback. She was quite upset about the prophecy. She wasn't ready to hear it at all. And so I'm, I'm not saying that the other person shouldn't have shared it with her, but there might have been a better reaction, at least initially, if some prayer had gone into it first. So I don't actually know why I brought that up, but anyway, there you go. <laughs> Sometimes uh, things uh, should be prayed over a bit, I guess. Um, yeah, anyway, does anybody else have anything they want to share or talk about? I just, it makes me think about all the like worldly people that are coming in now who are finding the Lord. And for anybody listening to this, like we need to have discernment how we deal with those people. Like they might not be ready for a word of prophecy about their future ministry or their, you know, position of government or authority. They might just need just to know that God loves them no matter what. And yeah. that itself can change somebody's life when they're in the middle of like a sinful yeah. arrangement like that where they're like about to commit adultery or I don't know just causing yeah. other people to sin just in the, so much garbage and they're so yeah like they're not even interested in the kingdom at that point yeah and so we have to really like Anna said pray and when you're dealing with somebody like that maybe um don't cast your pearls before swine people that are in the world are like beasts they only think about their clothes and their food yeah they're not ready for these spiritual things they haven't made the grade past kindergarten um they just got born you know give them some, yeah. some milk just give them some encouragement feed that the new jesus that's growing inside of them yeah. feed that yeah and don't worry about all this you know paul said in second corinthians about the church and its ordination of the apostolic <laughs> broth yeah they're yeah. not ready for that frankly i'm not even always ready for that so yeah but it's good that we're doing this study to give people that are on this course that are actually interested to know yeah. there is this kind of thing and we need to have discernment and just be patient with people we're going to be bringing people yes. in they're going to full of problems full of sins yes you know you think you're having a bad day barely making it just wait till you meet some of these these folks out there that are you know, coming through some weird stuff man like yeah I agree. We just, you know, it's good that we uh, have that safety system in place. Yeah, I agree completely. I agree completely. We are going to be encountering people who have done some seriously dark stuff and people who are still wondering, well, why can't I keep astral traveling? It sure is convenient. Why can't I keep remote viewing on my enemies? I have to make sure they're not going to show up at my house tonight like we're going to be dealing with people who are um they're in need of just like michael said love and the reassurance of the word and the spirit and and the basics of the faith yeah i agree completely yeah and a lot of times i think that um <laughs> leading by example is 
No, not a lot of times. I absolutely think leading by example is a much better way to show people things than to say, you need to do this and you need to do that. And um, because I, most people that have been in either uh, abusive situations or if they've come out of whatever they might've come out of, they'll wanna reject that. Even if it's just, if it's their flesh rejecting it and what you have to say is a good thing, people will trust. I know I trust people more when I see that their actions and their motives are clear rather than I hear them telling me, uh, this is what I am and this is what I do and this is how I can help you. If, I, if they're doing something completely different then I'm not gonna listen to a word they say, you know. Even if it's even if it's a good thing, I just yeah. won't believe it. It's important to for people to learn how to examine fruit and to um, yeah, the Bible says, be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And it and it also talks about imitating faith. And it doesn't talk about um, copying what they do. Like if I just do what that person did, then everything will be fine. No, it's it's imitate their faith. So like when I when I would hear my mentor speaking, I would be taking in what she was saying, and I would be sifting through, looking for what's important about all of this and what was important was her expression of her love and devotion to God and so that's what I would imitate I wouldn't necessarily do the same number of days of fasting or pray the same number of hours or yeah. do journaling in the same way but when I could find that like uh, Dr. Mark Hankins talks about how the spirit of faith is caught. You can catch the spirit of something when you're, and two, it's important to remember that um, most of the time when we're telling people the right thing, it's something that their flesh doesn't want to do. And so not too much we can do about that. That's going to have to be them and God that works that out. I, was kind of, I kind of switched topics. I didn't mean to. If you had more to share on that cellar door, please jump back in. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. Okay. Yeah. I was just started thinking about that because um, people aren't, oh, you guys, I don't even know how to explain how many people over time have just not been interested in what I had to share. It wasn't because they didn't need to do it. It wasn't because it wasn't going to change their life. It's just that they weren't ready yet to take those steps. And there was really nothing I could do. Like that is their decision. I'll give you guys an example. Um, give me a moment here so I can think of the details. Um, yes, there. when I first started coming to my church, um, it was it's absolutely wonderful story. I won't take time to go into it right now, but I went to the prayer meeting before the service and the brother in Christ who leads the prayer meeting asked me 
would you pray for so-and-so? She's in our congregation. She's just been diagnosed with a brain tumor. I was like, okay. So I went home and I started praying for her. And um, the Holy Spirit showed me why the cancer had arisen. This is not why cancer arises for every person. This is this specific person's situation. This specific person had spent decades in wrong thought patterns that are in disobedience to the word of God and the way the word of God tells us to think and live. And as a result, this cancer had an entry point and developed in her brain. So I started praying for her, things that the word of God says, Philippians 4, 8, other scriptures on meditating on the word of God, praising God, rejoicing in him, casting cares, just whatever the Holy Spirit would bring to my mind, I would pray that over her. And after a while, I find, because she started getting better, which is, you know, if you have participated in prayer, you understand that's not a surprise. That's, of course, that's what happens. You introduce more of the, anyway, let me keep moving with the story. Okay, so I prayed over her. She started getting better. And I finally went to the Lord and I was like, because the brain tumor wasn't gone, she was just getting better. Finally went to the Lord and I was like, please show, and I won't say her name, but this sister in Christ, what it would take for that cancer to be gone out of her body, totally removed, no tumor left. So I asked him to do that probably two, probably three times, probably probably three times. And um, I didn't hear anything back and I didn't hear anything back. And that's very unusual because the Lord is faithful to bring me the testimonies. When I pray, he'll show me that he's doing what I'm asking him for. So finally, and, and I, I, I confess, I freely admit, I was trying to avoid having to do it myself, the work. You know, I was trying, I, I had this dread built up in my mind that the Lord was going to tell me it's going to take three months of fasting and all, you know, X amount of prayer, like 12 hours of prayer per day, or I didn't even know. I, I was sort of avoiding the question because I, well, anyway, that's what I was doing. And so I went to the Lord and I said, okay, I was like, here I am. I'm choosing to be available. What would it take for her to get totally free and no more tumor? And the Lord said to me, he said, I already talked to her about that. And he said, she is not trying to do all that. She said, she's not trying to do all that. And I never prayed for her healing again. That is her choice to make. That's it. When she has made her choice, I don't go in there and be like, you should lecture, you know, shove, shove, uh, point my finger. No, 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 no. That is her body, her stewardship, her life, her choice. So obviously God loves her. I love her. I still want to help her and serve her. The Bible tells me to do that. So when I would pray for her, I would pray for things, other things that the Holy Spirit would bring to my attention that were important to her, her husband's salvation, um, to have good times on her way home to heaven with her family, with her loved ones, especially with her husband, to have um, things go decently and in order with the service and with things administratively or whatever, logistically. Um, after she went home to be with the Lord, um, for her family, her children and her grandchildren, 
that the Lord would be ministering to them and bring them along in his plan for their lives. So it's not like I gave up praying for her, but I did not trespass that boundary once he made me aware of that. So, you know, people, they make their choice, but we can still find ways to serve and love and give and be a blessing. Yeah, I get, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, and I, and I, I know that story. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, hopefully that's not a weird note to end things on. I um, will be back. Does anybody have anything further that they want to talk about about this before I end the recording? And we'll do like uh, the, the, the second half next week or something? Oh, is that the whole thing? That wow. was the whole first half, yes. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Well, uh, the topic being prophecy, I think we could still, maybe we could um, chit chat about that, but I'd like to pick your brain, Anna, because you have confidence when you say that it's, it's inspiring to me and it's challenging. It's, you're like, well, the Lord always responds whenever I ask him. And I was kind of amazed that he didn't. Can you talk about how you got your faith there? Like, and how others can, because I think not just for me, but others will be like, wow, I want, I wish I could do that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great sure. question. Okay. Um, first of all, I don't wait for any particular feeling or any particular experience to start obeying God's word. Um, <clears throat> I'll share a time when, when my obedience got leveled up and uh, <clears throat> it helped me with what you're talking about. Um, so I had had in my head... <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, I had had in my head for a period of time, well, based on things I had heard from uh, believers, like from, uh, from a long time believers from prior years, prior generations, I had ended up having it in my head that people don't get saved unless you pray for hours on end for them and that you need to be willing to pray for hours on end. And not stop until you have the release. And that's, you know, that's just what you need to do if you're expecting to see people get saved as a result of your prayers. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, I had simply been operating in life with that as my frame of reference. And certainly it's true that I need to be willing to pray for hours on end. Certainly that is true. And certainly I don't want to throw out or discard what they said as if it has no value. That's not true. But uh, Jesus didn't say what they said. Jesus said he, as to Meg's point, gave us the example of praying all night and praying for lengthy periods of time. Um, but Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. That's what he said. He said, ask. So it happened that one day I was working, I think I may have shared this story on a prior lesson. It was when I had uh, pray, was praying for this guy to get saved. I saw him coming out of a particular entrance and then I thought I hadn't prayed long enough. And so I started praying again and the Holy Spirit's like, hey, you don't, you don't need to pray anymore about that. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen now. You prayed, it's done, it's gonna happen. And I was like, oh, and my eyes were opened and my, 
my in my who I am got light inside and I was like oh I've been taking this religious idea I have and basing my life on it <clears throat> excuse me and I need to base my life on what God's word actually says <clears throat> excuse me and I started thinking about it I started thinking about what if I get into eternity and it's too late to pray and intercede for anyone's salvation anymore because time has wrapped up and we're all in eternity now. And then I find out, and, and in a more full way than I do now, that God meant exactly what he said and all I had to do was ask. What if in that state, I see people who recognize me and know that I'm not being sent to the lake of fire, but I'm going into eternity in heaven with God. And they are sentenced to the lake of fire and they are looking in my eyes. What, what moment, what, what feeling, what thought, what, what do I want? What do I want to do now about that maybe happening later? And I wanted to change the way I was living. And so I started praying and asking God for people to get saved, even if it only took me a few seconds to pray. And it really leveled up my whole prayer life because I quit thinking about how many words I used, how eloquent I sounded, how comfortable I was with how logically and orderly I presented my ideas, how, how um, you know, uh, knowledgeably I felt I spoke regarding the situation, how much time I invested, whether or not it took away from time I would have spent doing other things. All that got chucked in some Holy Spirit incinerator. And it was all about just being obedient to what the word of God said. Jesus said, ask. And so when I started just acting on the word and I quit thinking so much about myself and all of that, and I just started acting on the word and I, and I didn't wait, I didn't wait to do that until I felt a particular thing or I had a particular series of experiences. I just took action and I did it with the intention to never stop. When I started to just pray, even if it would only take me a few seconds, even if it was sloppy, haphazard, felt like I hardly even knew what I said when I got done. If I would just release those thoughts and prayers and just release what that was inside of me to God, that I started doing that with the intention of never stopping until I got to eternity. And, um, and the, after that is when I experienced a like a bump up in results where there would be more more of God I mean Meg's experienced this too cellar door excuse me has experienced this too where she'll just wander out into the living room and the news quote unquote happens to be featuring the exact thing she needs to hear to know that her prayer got answered in a particular way or a YouTube video will just happen across her screen, quote unquote. And that kind of thing, I mean, it doesn't happen to me so much with YouTube, but it happens to me a lot when I'm relating to other believers and they'll just quote unquote happen to mention 
something that's going on with somebody and I'll be like, oh, that's what I prayed for. I, and, and the Lord is so, it's so fun. Okay, so I had been praying for my congregation, my, my church and my pastor about healing. They have really been needing help in this area for a long time. And I started asking God to have my pastor start teaching them things that they needed to hear about hear from God about healing. And he started teaching them on forgiveness. So if you have enough spiritual maturity, you'll understand the connection. If you don't, I'm not going to take time right now. It's connected many times. So he starts teaching on forgiveness. And um, I wasn't really making the connection on my own. And one time after he had been doing this teaching on forgiveness, I quote unquote happened to be in this particular spot in the hallway and headed towards me were two older ladies from my church and one was commenting quite loudly to the other one all about how she could possibly be expected to forgive so-and-so because of what they had done and didn't this other person understand and da-da-da-da-da that, you know, their little conversation was going. And the other person didn't say too much, but um, she was obviously listening. She was obviously thinking about what this other woman was saying. And um, I was about to be quite upset about the conversation and the Holy Spirit just kind of checked me and he's like, I'm answering your prayer. He said, do you see how I'm answering your prayer? She is hearing what she needs to hear to receive you know, healing that she needs. And uh, that was a very um, calming moment for me. It ministered to me a lot. And I just, I can share that also is that it is perfectly normal to need the Holy Spirit's help to recognize answers to prayer. I have developed, I have earnestly looked for the answers to prayer, earnestly expected in my heart earnestly watched and waited for those answers. Um, and part of what helped me to do that was regularly praying with my church prayer group week after week. And there would be things, you know, when you, when you have a routine like that, it becomes a little easier to be um, developing a habit, developing a pattern of earnestly looking for the answer to the prayer. And as, you know, the word of God says that the Lord prospers what we set our hand to and that the Holy Spirit is our helper. So when I set myself to look for the answers for the, to be expecting, anticipating, searching, looking visibly, searching around, where's that answer? Where's the sign of it? Where's the little shoots of growth coming up above the ground? Where's my answer that I'm looking for? Um, when I did that, the Lord helped me to start recognizing and I usually see ans the answer to the prayer. I usually recognize what God is doing um, more than many people that I spend time with. It's usually, I usually see it. Other people will be focusing or thinking on a situation differently. And I'll be like, oh, no, that's, that's an answer. Like, uh. Uh, so one, one thing recently with my prayer group, there was a little baby we've been praying for and uh, they found a hole in her heart and we've been praying for four to five weeks now because she had been having different symptoms and the hospital wasn't releasing her to go home with her parents. And so the other people in the group were upset about that baby has a hole in her heart. But honestly, my thought was, 
thank God the hospital found that before the parents brought their baby home. They were not, they, uh uh, that, that was the right time to find it is while the baby was still in this, you know, intensive care with the professionals around, et cetera. And so um, that kind of thing is like after a while, if you'll, if you'll cultivate it, if you'll be looking, if you'll apply yourself to it, God will help you and you'll start seeing things from a different perspective than other people. And another thing that helps <clears throat> is to actually believe that God will do what he says he will do. It makes, it helps with not being so nervous. Like sometimes people are so nervous about the idea of bad news. But if you've already set yourself to be somebody who stands on the promises of God, then whether you choose to use a faith about something or not, it kind of drains some of that fear away so that you're not like, oh no, what if they say, because you care a lot less about what quote unquote they say, because you're instead, you're more oriented and turned towards what does the word of God say? And um, that helps a lot too, is that sometimes people are so nervous about what, what they, experts or family or the job or whoever, they're just so nervous about what might come up in terms of circumstances that they're really more oriented to that. And it, it makes it hard for them to see that God actually, he's, what he's doing is he's answering their prayers. And, and, and two, and two, when you start praying the promises of God, your, your thinking starts changing because normally in our human understanding, we're so indoctrinated in the system of this world that we literally have programmed inside of our brains things that we think need to happen in order for other things to happen. And the promises of God don't work that way at all. The promises of God are completely other realm, completely other dimension. It's not limited in that way. And so when you practice praying the promises of God, you start breaking away from that mindset of this has to happen in order for that to happen. And it changes your prayer life. Because instead of asking for this with when really what you want is that and you believe they're connected, instead of messing with all of that, you go to the promises instead. That was a super long answer. But anyway, hopefully it was helpful. <laughs> no, that was no, that was great. And I think what you're talking about, too, is like a um, people being impatient and, um, and like a spirit of pride and seeing waiting for answers to come in the physical realm when I've noticed a lot of times people will say when, when, when someone says like this happened I need your prayer um, and they're, they're asking for prayer basically and a bunch of people will say oh we're, I'll, I'll pray for you I'll pray for you we'll pray for you and then but nobody stops and just prays for the person at that moment and that is that is a sneaky way that is that is I believe that is from the enemy that is a way to say oh yeah we'll get to this at some point when it would be very easy to take that second say a prayer and like you were saying it doesn't have to be some eloquent 
you know, wonderful, wow, that was the greatest prayer ever <laughs> known to man. And we all need to memorize it and say it daily. You know, it yeah. doesn't need to be like that. It can be very simple, but yeah. just as long as you're using, using your faith and you actually do pray for that person and then you cast your cares over to the Lord, yeah. believing that so I've done this prayer, we've done this prayer, now the Holy Spirit's taken over and is going to work in that. And when when I've gotten caught up in the past and is and I've seen other people do this where when they don't see results right away or in whatever timeline that they had in their mind that this would be answered, then they believe that it's that it's not being answered and mm-hmm. and get aggravated or or lose faith or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. But that's not that's not the point of prayer. That's not how it works. A lot of times you don't see things in the physical realm right away. And you have no idea what's going on in the spirit and what God has cooking, you know? And a lot of times it, it, to me, it does feel like spirit of pride and uh, Mm -hmm. wanting to control how all this Mm -hmm. works. And the, the point that I believe makes the most sense is to just, and you help teach me this to me greatly is just stop and pray about it because a lot of times we just want to talk and talk and talk about something when Mm -hmm. prayer is the thing that's going to work, not analyzing every little bit of why this happened. Yes. That's so true. Amen. And that, um, that desire to control in my experience is all rooted in fear and it um it's so powerful to just do exactly what you're talking about about just go to god and just start the process and um the the lord i've noticed he likes complete blessings he likes a full complete work where there is where a, a entire an entire situation, an entire life is turned around. He, in my experience, he doesn't prefer the just just a quick fixes. He likes a a more complete a complete actual transformation, a a whole new level of life, a whole new way of life. Just yeah. Anyway, did you have anything you wanted to share, Michael? I literally just put four Cheetos in my mouth right when you- Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Nuki Nukes, do you have anything to share? (laughs) I have her watching Japanese, um, like kids shows. Awesome. She's totally into it. That's awesome. Yeah, everything I, I agree. And I'm I'm also again I'm humbled and challenged by it personally because you know it's so easy to just say like Meg was like tell her drawer saying like oh 
you can just expect us to be praying for you. No problem. We'll be praying when they could have just prayed. And my mom, Mm -hmm. who's my example growing up, would have all these needy people in her life, call her all the time, come over, need her, suck on her, like getting energy from her. And finally, she would just be like, let's pray because we can talk about these problems all day, but are you willing to pray about them? Yeah. And that was really one of her secrets that she still employs. But that's uh, awesome. It's humbling to say it's humbling to do that, to be the one to step out and be like, all right, we're going to pray now. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't make you look like the smarty guy. Yeah. And then some people don't want to sound religious. So they don't, I mean, you just got to do it, you know, just. Yeah. Yeah. Just actually pray. <laughs> like, yeah. Just talk about prayer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed it's not like a popular thing. People, I don't know, I guess the flesh wants other people to commiserate with. I guess that's where the misery likes company thing comes from. And I I don't know if, I I don't know why, but I just, it's no longer something that, pardon me, that help, that even helps me a little bit when that, when it's, that's that thing that that um I don't know when it's just two people talking and oh this horrible thing happened to me and oh but do you remember this happened to me but it doesn't do anything for me and I know that prayer does and so but I have noticed when it that there's many people when it when you do say well you want to pray about it it is not the most popular thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not something that really makes people happy at first. Yeah. It, it can even make people, I've noticed it can make people like, not not angry, but annoyed. Yes. Almost. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was the perfect. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us. And we'll be back um, with part two of this lesson. And God bless you guys.